now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. I am Alex Shane here with you alongside Rich Hill on this week six edition of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. It is Thursday morning. The Patriots are playing tonight against the New York Giants because the NFL are a bunch of idiots who force players to play before they're ready and are fully healed. But I'm not going to get into that particular rant today. I'm going to start off friendly and positive and ask my good buddy, Rich Hill, how you doing, man? Oh, I am good. Ready for an early Patriots game against the New York Giants on Thursday to give us all of Sunday just to watch the other games that we actually want to watch. Hopefully New England sets the week off on the right foot, moving to 6-0. and Fingers crossed so we can enjoy the rest of the week because there's nothing better in my mind than watching a, like a week or a slate of football when a win's already in the bag and then you're just really just hoping for the worst possible outcomes for every other team. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I, there's nothing better than that. No, it's true. I mean, the, as much as I dislike Thursday night football from a quality of game perspective, from a player safety and health perspective, and the fact it's a blatant money grab for the league, it is nice when the Patriots play on Thursday and win. It's like a mini buy. You get to relax and enjoy the weekend. Especially, it's especially good this week, Rich, because I feel like for the first time in a while, there's some pretty exciting games on the docket. That I'm excited to just watch, relax, and enjoy without having to flip back and forth between the Patriots game and this one. And don't laugh. But I have not been this excited for a non-Patriots matchup in a long time. The 0-5 Washington Redskins are traveling down to the equally <laughs> winless Miami Dolphins for a game that could potentially decide who gets the first overall pick in the draft. I'm very curious to see if there's going to be two teams that are purposely trying to lose or if they're playing for pride or what. I cannot wait for this game. Uh, my favorite games are where the winner loses the game. I mean, in this yeah. case, is uh, the Dolphins, would it be the most Dolphin thing ever to win this game and have that be the reason why they don't get the first overall pick? Like, they'll have the tiebreaker over Washington. Washington can win a game at a later point and still get that first overall pick, and so the Dolphins miss out on Tua or whichever quarterback they want to get. That would be the most Miami thing I could think of. Oh, it'd be so great because the Bengals are playing the Ravens. They're definitely going to lose. There'll be two winless teams, but one team's going to win, and the fans of that team are going to be legitimately angry that they lost the inside track on the number one overall pick. I'm rooting for Washington personally because I just want to see Miami go winless. Even though they'll against the first-round pick, it'd be really funny to me. Uh, <laughs> however, on the flip side of that, uh, that's going to be probably the worst game of all time. The flip side of that, a very good game also Sunday at 1 o'clock. Uh, Chiefs coming off a loss to the Colts at home are now hosting the Houston Texans, who put up a 50-burger on the Falcons last week. Early thoughts on that matchup, Rich? Yeah, I mean, th these are two of the top five quarterbacks in the league, I would say. I would say Patrick Mahomes uh, is the, the best, most talented quarterback right now, in the same way that Aaron Rodgers was uh, before all of his injuries. Whatever semantics you want to go into, greatest, most talented, whatever, he does throws that you just just are amazed to see. But Deshaun Watson, I think, is the complete package. He had a perfect game last week. Uh, he had five touchdown passes. He is amazing. And the fact that the Houston Texans have some semblance of an offensive line now, which has been their Achilles heel for the longest time, they still have a solid defense. This could be the best Texans team we've seen in a while. And honestly, for me, I know that the Chiefs are at home. I would love to see the Texans knock them off. I would love to see the Texans win. So both of those teams move to four and two. 
Kansas City uh, would be out of the like the catbird seat for one of those bye weeks. They might have to play during wild card weekend, especially if the Patriots are able to beat them later in the year. I would love to see more and more teams figure out and exploit that man coverage that seems to frustrate or make it difficult for that Kansas City Chiefs offense. I want the Chiefs to lose. I want the Patriots to win because that would give New England a two-game lead atop any other team in the AFC. Yeah, man, we are definitely at that point with the season approaching the halfway mark, which is nuts, where it's definitely time to start rooting for other teams to lose to help your team's playoff positioning. The Texans are one of those teams, I feel like every year, Rich, they kind of just fly under the radar as a team that chugs along, is good, but no one really takes seriously because they don't have postseason success. Uh, whether that reputation is deserved or not is a debatable topic because they have won in the postseason, but no one's really talking about the Texans this year. I think it's the Patriots and the Chiefs and then the rest of the AFC, but given the offensive explosion, given the talent on defense, they could definitely turn some heads, and if they end up taking that three seed, they can for sure knock off a two seed and maybe come to whoever ends up that one seed is. I can definitely see that happening. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this this is a Texans team that can play with any team. They can also lose to any team. You know, they they barely beat Jacksonville thirteen to twelve in week two. They lost to the Panthers ten sixteen. Uh, they are a team that kind of you know they could go off. I mean, they literally went off for fifty three against the Falcons, and that was just one week after putting up only ten. I think you need to see more consistency out of them before you really consider them to be a a true contender, but they have all of the pieces there. They have an extraordinarily well-rounded offense uh, with regards to players that can contribute. They are all producing. Will Fuller had a monster game, but DeAndre Hopkins, for my money, is a top three receiver in the league. So they have all the pieces there. Uh, They just have to get past the Kansas City Chiefs, who, you know, they were in the conference championship last year. They are, you know deemed to be the heir apparent to the New England Patriots and the AFC, but we shall see how long that lasts once Patrick Mahomes gets his extension. I feel like that narrative could end right quick. Uh, So this is uh, a Chiefs team, lost at home. Don't know if they'll do it two games in a row, but they almost lost to the Ravens while they're at home in week three, so anything is possible. Anything is possible, Rich Hill, which is what kind of scares me because anything as possible has been kind of the mantra of the New York Giants every time they play the Patriots. <laughs> Records don't seem to matter with this team, no matter how good the Patriots are or how bad the Giants are. They just always seem to find a way to give the Patriots all they can handle and more when it mattered the most. The big difference, of course, between this matchup and matchups of the past is that Eli Manning is, at this moment at least, on the bench. Daniel Jones is the guy, and the Giants are all kinds of banged up, Rich. I feel like everyone who's got a real good chance of contributing to the Giants in a positive way is hobbled. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Saquon Barkley has been dealing with his high ankle sprain. Sterling Shepard has his concussion. So does backup running back Wayne Gallman, who is also dealing with a concussion. Uh, You add in uh, Evan Ingram, their tight end, who I like a lot, is dealing with a knee injury. So those are actually, you know, go Ingram, Barkley, Shepard, and Gallman. Those are the top four yardage producers for this entire New York offense. And all of them are hobbled. Right now, uh, we'll see who actually plays, but with this current state of that New York offense, I think this already all-time great Patriots defense is going to be in line for another pretty, uh, fingers crossed, knock on all the wood, another pretty easy game. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, how can I argue with that? Um, Daniel Jones had a pretty solid start 
to his rookie campaign when he came in for Eli Manning, come down to earth a little bit in the last couple of games. And we all know Bill Belichick's track record against rookie quarterbacks, the different schemes he throws at him, the different packages he shows, the pre-snap reads he doesn't give. And you combine that tradition and history with the most kind of versatile, intelligent linebacking and frontline core they've had in a very long time. Could be a very long day for the Giants. If you're the Giants, if you're going up against a Patriots defense that has given up 20 points through five games, what are you going to do? What are your strategy is, especially if Saquon can't play, what are you going to do to beat this Patriots defense? Anything you can do? Uh, I mean, like, there's not much you can do. Uh, Gallman and Shepard, two guys that are in their concussion protocol, I would expect that they're not going to be available. Uh, and Barkley, I would say, is going to be a game-time decision, but I also would expect him to be out. There's no need for the Giants to rush back their franchise player, especially for a game that they really don't have too much of a shot winning. Ingram, uh, he is going to continue. We'll see if he actually plays, but he is kind of the key because he's the only one that's left. <laughs> um, he has 373 receiving yards on the year, 33 receptions, both highs for the team. He has two receiving touchdowns. He's all they really got right now. And so the Patriots, they got Patrick Chung, who has been hobbled, uh, dealing with his heel injury. We'll see how the Patriots opt to cover the, the Giants' tight ends if Ingram plays. Honestly, though, I mean, if if you're Bill Belichick and you're calling this defense, you want to make sure that Daniel Jones stays in the pocket and you want to make sure that Ingram is covered and you want to make sure that none of his checkdowns are available and force him to throw the ball deep down the field. But there's just no one for him to throw to. I mean, this is one of the most difficult things that you can look at because I don't know who the Giants have that can do anything. And so if I'm Bill Belichick, I'm going to be sending pressure after pressure after pressure against Daniel Jones, and I don't know what the Giants can do about it. So how are you covering these these elite Giants receivers Rich, with the Patriots secondary, how do you utilize Gilmore? How do you use LaCordy? Is it a Jonathan Jones day? Is it a J.C. Jackson day? What's your ideal hat on a hat matchup? Yeah, well, we'll see if Patrick Chung, you know, it's a short week. Anything can really happen with how the Patriots choose to, to rest these players. Uh, but assuming that Patrick Chung plays, I would put him in coverage against Evan Ingram. I would also use some bracket coverage, put a linebacker back there, or, uh, you know, I... I would honestly even consider putting Stefan Gilmore in coverage against Evan Ingram, who's not necessarily a, a great blocking tight end, so he's more of a receiving option. So that would be a fine way to designate Gilmore for the entire game, allow him to shadow the tight end. I, I mean, outside of that, I don't even know who the, the Giants are going to be playing out there. You know, thinking of their other receivers... Sterling Shepard is number one on the team in snaps. He has his concussion. Benny Fowler is number two on the team with uh, 190 snaps. He's not on the team. Uh, he was cut on October 1st. So that that, that is a lot to, to question. Cody Latimer is going to be their top guy. I mean, honestly, they could put J.C. Jackson on him. Uh, or even Jason McCourty. There's just not a lot of options here. I think the Patriots could go with their standard vanilla defense, same thing that they did against Washington. And what Adrian Peterson said after the game was that New England didn't do anything exotic. They just kind of lined up and allowed the other team to make mistakes. It kind of feels like it's going to be that type of game again. 
It seems like it. I think the Giants are going to have a prayer by controlling the clock with the running game. Uh, Saquon Barkley can't go. They're, that's a massive ask of the Lions, of the, the Lions, of the Giants, excuse me. Uh, especially with Wayne Gallman banged up. Who's the, who's the, is it Eli, oh, was it Elijah Penny and John Hillman, I think, are there, are there like third and fourth string running backs. If they have to see uh, extended reps, they have no shot. To, to get anything done. But maybe Saquon Barkley's a go. He's been practicing. He's a superhuman athlete. Maybe they decide to test him, give him limited reps, whatever the case may be. But it's going to be very important for the Patriots to be very stout up front and not give the running game any chance to get going, which is why I'm picking Danny Shelton as my X Factor today. He's been having a great season so far. He's really eating up those double teams in the middle. He's the reason, or a big part of the reason, that the linebackers are being so successful this season. He's taking his gaps away. He's stopping uh, at the line of scrimmage, getting penetration. you got a couple of sacks even. I think if the Giants are going to have any semblance of a hope to win this game, it's going to be through the run game, and Danny Shelton there to stop it. Oh, I like that. I think Shelton has been an entirely different player with the Patriots this year. He's been outstanding. He's been able to get after the quarterback. He's contributing against the run. I like that a lot. Uh, I'm with you, actually. I think that the way that the Patriots win this game is by really making sure that the Giants face long down situations. They don't ever generate anything as the rushing attack and Daniel Jones is forced to stay in the pocket because Jones is a very mobile quarterback he's able to get out scramble pick up first downs in a way that a lot of modern quarterbacks are able to do and uh, that's why I'm going to go with Adam Butler, fellow to Danny Sheldon out there. I think Adam Butler has been one of the greatest surprises of this season for the Patriots with how much he's developed and improved over previous years defensive tackle big guy on the interior but like lighter than a lot of the other guys like Lawrence Guy well literally Lawrence Guy and Danny Shelton uh, Butler is a little bit lighter but they utilize him in those uh, passing down packages where they put him at the nose and he's going to have to generate a lot of pressure to make sure that Daniel Jones doesn't get comfortable the Patriots will definitely rely on him to do that and he'll also have to show a lot of gap integrity to make sure that Jones doesn't escape. So if Butler is able to do his job up the gut and make sure that Jones never settles and is never able to get out, then this game should be over pretty quickly. No, it should be. The defense is playing lights out, and I can't see them breaking that streak this week or this this Thursday, I should say, against the Giants. On the flip side of the ball, though, Rich, we talked about it in previous podcasts, that the offense has been struggling a little bit. Um, they th- got together last week against Washington in the second half after a very lousy first half. Execution wasn't there. Offensive line has been banged up and ineffective. Is this the week where the Patriots get off the schneid and put a complete game together offensively, or are you still a little concerned? Yeah, I'm, I would never, ever bet on a team putting it all together on a Thursday night game. That's just like a, a solid rule of thumb that I will always stand by. And so, no, I think that the Patriots are not going to have it all there. I think Edelman is still still dealing with his chest injury. Josh Gordon is still dealing with his knee injury and is still a little banged up. Burkhead's dealing with his injury. Philip Dorsett is dealing with his injury. And that is four out of their top six guys. I mean, you got Sonny Michelle and James White that are producing and they're relatively healthy. Uh, but the, the rest of the offense is still hurt. You have all of this makeshift offensive line. I don't think this Giants defense is great by any means. Uh, they, they certainly have struggled. They rank 30th in uh, most yards allowed. They rank 28th in passing yards allowed. So I would expect New England to have an opportunity to throw the ball, but I don't think that this is going to... Uh, really be the time and place for the Patriots offense to really pull it all together. 
Okay, then. So what are you doing against this Giants defense? It's going to be a run-heavy attack, a pass-heavy attack, a good mix of both. Does Sonny Michel get involved? How are you attacking the Giants defense if you're Josh McDaniels? Yeah, that's a great question. So when you look at this New York Giants team, they have a pretty standard rotation up front, but they're pretty solid on the back. They have Jabril Preppers as strong safety, Antoine Bethea as the free safety. Then you have Janoris Jenkins and then rookie DeAndre Baker. Those are your cornerbacks. They are out there. They play a fair amount of man coverage out there, and I would expect New England to try and isolate DeAndre Baker, who is doing a little bit better over the past couple of weeks, but I would expect New England to try and isolate a faster player, or I should say a shiftier player like Julian Edelman out there to try and generate some separation and take advantage of that rookie with some of that veteran savvy. And on the other side, I think Josh Gordon will have to try his luck against Norris Jenkins, who uh, has not been having a great season, but he has also not been as bad as the numbers represent. Uh, I think he's allowed like the most receiving yards in the league, something pretty bad. Um, so you have a secondary who is, that is not playing great. They have a defensive front that is kind of nameless if you look up and down. They have Marcus Golden, Lorenzo Carter, who's also dealing with injury. Those are your two guys kind of on the edge that are generating some pressure. You have Ryan Connolly and Alec Ogletree. Uh, you, you have some athleticism at the linebacker level. And so if I'm the Patriots, I'm going to try and test Julian Edelman against DeAndre Baker. I'm also going to see if Sony Michelle and James White are able to capitalize on this Giants sec, uh, linebacker level where they might not have that same athleticism that we've seen out of teams like the Buffalo Bills, where they've had two linebackers, Matt Milano, Jermaine Edmonds, who are very much capable of covering the running backs. I would expect New England, if they're not able to get a lot of big plays down the field, to start trying to move the ball with the running backs as, a, as the quick passing game. I think the quick passing game is going to be the name of the um, uh, game, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it's not a very good sentence, but I will allow it to continue. Yeah, I mean, I think quick passes is where is where Brady really excels. And some of the areas where he's struggling against Washington last week was he was waiting for some longer middle roofs to develop with receivers who couldn't get separation because they're still kind of hurt. Uh, this is definitely a James White game. It has James White written all over it. Uh, he would be my uh, offensive X factor. I feel like a little too obvious for the situation. So I'm actually going to go uh, to, to Yak. Johnson as my offensive X factor. I was complimentary of him on the Monday or Tuesday podcast. Excuse me. I think he's come a long way in limited action. Uh, the, Week one to week two, how he played the first week, second week, I should say. He just marked the difference. He's opening up holes. They're motioning him out a lot. I can see him getting involved. It's almost like a, a second kind of chipping tight end uh, in the backfield, and he will allow for the play action to be effective, which will then get the, the James Whites and the Julian Edmonds wide open. So I'm going to go with Jacob Johnson, look for a big game from him from my blocking perspective. I like that. I like that. I, I will say that uh, I think – Sony Michelle should have a big game. I would love to see him, and I do think he will build off of his strong performance against Washington. I would expect New England to continue to utilize him in the passing game. But I would also note that the New York Giants have allowed 14 touchdowns this year. Only four of them have come again on the ground, and three of them were by the Buffalo Bills. So most other teams have had plenty of success throwing the ball, and I would expect New England to do all of the same. I, my X factor is going to be Josh Gordon, who uh, I think he's still continuing to learn his role in the New England offense. He's still developing as a player. He's had some drops here and there. It's not as consistent as you would like. 
but he's still a strong contributor. I would expect him to to really need to step up for Tom Brady to have that big breakout game. Josh Gordon needs to emerge. He has had a few strong games this year. I would say against the Jets when he had six for 83, that was a good one. Uh, and then that Steelers game where he had that touchdown was pretty incredible. But he has to really step up, I think, uh, and really be that bona fide number one receiver he'd been in the past to really elevate this offense. And so he's my X factor. If he goes off, this game is over within the, the first half of the second quarter. If not, this might be a game that waits till the third quarter to be decided. Yeah, it's funny. Josh Gordon looks like he's running with like a 20 pound backpack on right now. His unit. Kelly's just not quite as explosive as he has been in the past. I think he's more than capable of getting back there. I think that knee injury is an issue, which you alluded to, I think, in our Tuesday podcast. He's just a, a big game waiting to happen, and I'm really hoping you're right on that one. Um, Richel, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up. Uh, I think I hinted at it last time we spoke, and I asked you to make me feel better about Mike Nugent and his abilities to maybe put a clutch field goal in there or not miss an extra ball with the cost page. It's a playoff berth, and you were horrible in comforting me. Uh, Eli Manning is still on the Giants. He's still on the roster. I have this vision in my head where the Patriots, it's kind of sloppy. It's a Thursday night game. Nobody's playing very well. It's just one of those games because nobody's healthy and no one had a chance to instill the game plan. It's just one of those muddy, gross Thursday night games that just suck because that's the product they put out there on Thursday nights. The Patriots have like a 23-19 to lead. Daniel Jones gets hurt. Eli Manning comes in at the Giants 10 yard line and he goes like 89 yards in a minute and a half and they win the game because Eli Manning just beats the Patriots. Make me feel better. Um, well, you know, there's not like a situation where the Giants would ever throw the ball to some no name receiver and it would come back to haunt the Patriots. Right. I mean, like that's the situation we're looking at. Or alternatively, you're looking at uh, some player that we haven't even mentioned this entire podcast because he's completely slipped my mind because he was suspended for the first four games of the season. Golden Tate, he's back. He's going to be a receiver for the Giants. That could be an opportunity for uh, Stephon Gilmore to cover him. This is going to be interesting. You know, you you really I'm here to try and support you on this one and say that Eli Manning is never going to mount that comeback against the New England Patriots on Thursday night football. That's absolutely never going to happen. Uh, Alec, uh... Alec, Alec, <laughs> I'm not here to really ruin your Thursday. But I'm going to ruin your Thursday, Alec. I don't know. I mean, uh, this is, seems like all the ingredients are there. I've been extraordinarily cocky this entire podcast that there's not a chance that the Giants will be able to make this a competitive game with all of their injuries. So, yeah, if, if there is a sloppy game where Eli Manning comes onto the field, I am fully expecting him to throw the ball to Darius Slayton, who will get them into field goal range. Uh, and somehow, despite the fact that in your scenario they're down six points, that will give them one more opportunity to, to win the game. And somehow, I don't even know, TJ Jones, I'm not even sure. Someone's going to come up and make a play. I don't know. I, I, I think that this is uh, Thursday football should not exist. <laughs> no, I agree. It'll be a thing where it's like a Hail Mary and the Patriots bat it out of the end zone and it bounces off some guy's helmet and it bounces back into the end zone and the Giants catch it, something like that. And Eli Manning goes straight to the Hall of Fame. It'll be the last pass he ever throws. 
And that's just the way it's going to be. But you know what? Worst case scenario, Giants take this game. The Patriots drop to 5-1 and one to an NFC opponent. Who cares? Not going to matter. Patriots still in prime position as the first half of the season gets into the last couple of games where we're in the second half of the season. And there's a lot bigger problems we could have than 5-1 and one at the end of the day. But I think the Patriots should win this. However, uh, uh, thinking is different than predicting. Let's get to predictions, Rich. Last week, you, we both had the Patriots winning over Washington. You had it 31-10. to 10, I had it 27-6. to 6. Uh, I'm going to give this one to you. I think you were a little closer in the score. So you get the first pick. Patriots hosting the Giants. Who you got? Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with the Patriots winning this one very, very comfortably. Other than their game against Washington, the Giants have allowed over 28 points to each of their opponents. Cowboys, Buccaneers, Bills, and Vikings all have scored over 28 points. This should be no different. I would expect this to be another solid offensive performance by New England, even if it's not going to be that perfect, beautiful symphony that we're hoping for. Somehow they'll slop their way to 33 points again, and people will be like, oh, I guess that's uh, an underwhelming 33 points somehow. So I would expect New England to put up 33. I expect the Giants, for all of their offensive woes, to still get onto the scoreboard. Uh, I think it'll be something like the Patriots winning 33-6. to 33-6. to six. Are those coming on two field goals or a touchdown and a missed extra point? What would be the more Giants thing to happen? Uh, I would say it's the the mix extra point, and somehow the Patriots return it for some points of their own or something like that. <laughs> I like that. I will take that. Um, yeah, I mean, like I, I kind of joked a little bit about Eli Manning coming in and being the Patriots one last time as a nice little send-off to his career, but that's probably not going to happen. What's the point of that? Unless Daniel Jones gets hurt. I think that Daniel Jones is coming back down to earth. He's a rookie going up against Bill Belichick in Foxborough on a short week when they just got beat down by the Vikings. Those are all ingredients for a very comfortable Patriots victory again. I do think the offense struggles a bit early on as they find their footing. That might be a recurring theme for this offense for a while to that offensive line clicks. But in the second half, they kind of run away with it. I think the Giants score 10 points in this game, but the Patriots will score 31. So it's going to be a nice, comfortable three-touchdown victory for New England, moving to 6-0 and on the season. Nice. Nice. That is good. Uh, I, I will issue a few corrections of mine based off of what I've said when I was spitballing. Uh, TJ Jones is not actually on their team. That would be pretty incredible if he were able to come out and catch that pass from Eli Banning. And then, I wouldn't put a pass. <laughs> I'll pass Eli Banning to make that happen. That, that would be the ultimate Giants move to happen. And then also linebacker Ryan Connolly is on the injured reserve uh, with his torn ACL. So that further thins out that New York Giants linebacker core and further establishes that the Patriots should absolutely utilize their running backs and the passing game to capitalize on that weakness in the defense. Alec, I think that we'll have a lot to look forward to tonight. Hopefully this is another comfortable win so we can moan about how easy and boring this game was on our next podcast. (laughs) Alec, do you have any final thoughts on this week of the NFL season? That should do it, man. Make sure to keep up posted on pathpulpit.com. Lots of great content, lots of great podcasts. Be sure to like, subscribe, and listen. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Until next time, Alec, you have a good one. See you, buddy. Later. Later.